the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Faith Talk Live, the reason radio was invented. It was a simpler time. Here are Rick and Dan, the Faith Talk guys. Hey, look out. It's Faith Talk Live. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. What a pleasure to talk with Rory Nolan, director of Heart of the Artist Ministries, author of five books. Uh, His latest book we want to talk about, Transforming Worship, Planning and Leading Sunday Services. Rory, how are you? Good, Rick. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. First of all, I wish my name were Rory instead of Rick. That has got to be one of the coolest names on the planet. Where did you get that name? My folks named me after an Irish folk song. And for the life of me all growing up, I kept asking them, you know, what is this song? What's what's the name of it? I finally found it. I think I was like 30 years old by the time I finally tracked it down. And it's this song about this guy named Rory who gets drunk in a bar. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, all the glory of the name just kind of went out. He's in love with this gal named Catherine, and he couldn't have her, you know. It's like, oh, my gosh. So, Do you think they were playing a trick on you? What's the story here? Well, they gave us all Irish names. You know, my, my sisters are named Aaron and Shannon. So uh, yeah. is the Ballad of Rory O'Rourke was the name of the song. Wow, that's a, that's a mouthful. Rory O'Rourke. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. yeah. Right, I'm going to have to Google that now after we're done and uh, check out <laughs> check out this story. Hey, Rory's a legend, and we want to talk about uh, this particular book, which is really cool. We spoke before we went live. Uh, a spiritual trans, uh, transforming, uh, transformation, worship, really. Uh, we seem to hear about it a lot. First, let's talk about, I noticed that you say you define transforming worship as a communal experience. I love that. Explain that to us. Well, yeah, it's, uh, it's a community. When I think of transforming worship, it uh, first and foremost, it's a communal experience that combines classic spiritual practices with a formative encounter with God in Christ through the Holy Spirit. So, yeah, first of all, it's communal. It's not something we do by ourselves. We do it in the company of others. It is also experiential and highly participatory. It draws from traditional Christian disciplines such as prayer, scripture reading, confession, the Lord's Supper, and baptism. So the assumption here is that every part of the service, every major part of the service, not just the sermon, can be spiritually formative. So at the heart of this wonderful experience that we call church (laughs) is a life-changing encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Roy, I'm going to throw you a softball here, uh, but... I think it's an important question, nonetheless. That we, your your heart is the heart of the artist, and the uh, the heart of the person who is is leading in worship. Why is that important to the the character building uh, of the person leading the worship? Yeah. Um, well, for too long, you know, it is, especially in the church, um, speaking, you know, as an as an artist myself. Um, 
you know, we've gotten away with just really majoring on our talent mm. and letting our character, our walk with the Lord, uh, our spiritual lives slide. Mm-hmm. And being able to play or sing or write is kind of what got our foot in the worship leader door. And so maybe it's what got us on staff at church. The thing that's going to sustain us is our character development, our, our godly, uh, our, our discipleship, and, and our, our, the depth of our spiritual walk with the Lord. Yeah, definitely. I love that, and I did read that, that uh, there's a correlation uh, between worship and discipleship. I mean, it's not a separate, uh, you know, four songs, five songs, and okay, here we go. Here's the message. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's all together, and it's pretty powerful. Rory Nolan here, uh, the book is called Transforming Worship Planning and Leading Sunday Services. Now, Rory, no offense, you've been around a while. You've seen fads and good stuff and uh, stuff that uh, started off really good as far as worship, and then it kind of got wacky. Uh, I really sense, and maybe you do as well because of this book, that the Holy Spirit is kind of bringing things back to the way it really needs to be, don't you think? Yeah, I, I agree, Rick. I'm, you know, I've been a part of planning or leading uh, probably thousands of services over my 40 plus years. And I'm a little embarrassed to admit, Rick, that for the longest time, I just assumed that the way that my church, wherever I was, did worship was right and was, was biblical. And I never stopped to really ask, what does God say about worship? What is a biblical theology of worship until I make a cons- made a concerted effort to study it? And uh, it was mind-boggling. Uh, it was eye-opening. And I think you're right. I think the, the Holy Spirit is leading us towards a more biblical, uh, theological approach to worship that is, in effect, formative, is spiritually formative. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's huge and and so needed. I mean, not not that worship music is bad, but some of it has just gotten much more touchy feely. And, and songs I like to call Seven Elevens, where you take seven words and repeat them eleven times. Um, it, <laughs> uh, it, there's just not a lot of depth, uh, and I'm not calling out any names or anything, but I, I think that's so needed. And and in your heart, for the heart of the worship leader, uh, like one thing you talk about is excellence versus perfectionism. Tell us about that. You you piqued my interest with that excellence versus perfectionism. Yeah, yeah, uh, it, yeah. In my first book, The Heart of the Artist, uh, I really delve into some of the character issues that are unique to us as artists in the church, and one of them is uh, our, our perfectionism, and that is actually my personal battle. It's still kind of an ongoing thing that I continually have to uh, deal with. And I first noticed it uh, early in my ministry uh, when, you know, one of my volunteers made a comment, you know, and she said, uh, you know, oh, I, I, I didn't think anything would ever be as, as good enough for you. Uh, and, it, and it's like she, she, she said it kind of facetiously, but it was like, ooh, I, <laughs> there's something there, you know. And it made me realize that how much my perfectionism was impacting others. Hmm. And, uh you know, I was newly married. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, if I carry this thing into my marriage and my parenting, I'm going to be in big trouble. And so I really started to search the scriptures and my part of my own personal journey with perfectionism. But I realized 
I'm not the only one. And I thought I was. <laughs> so many artists were driven by this drive to be perfect. And so, yeah. how you know, how do you pursue excellence instead of perfectionism? That's what I talk about in that first book. Yeah, because that perfectionism, that can that can touch so many areas of your yeah. life, not just the, the artistry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the book is called, uh, the new book, Transforming Worship, Planning, and Leading Sunday Services, Rory uh, Nolan. And uh, all right, it sounds, too, that you're you're meddling a bit in worship. And uh, worship is like politics, isn't it? Because if you start messing around in that arena, uh, folks get a little uncomfortable. Hey, wait a minute. Whoa, hold on there, Rory. What are you trying to say? So uh, who is this for, Rory? Is it primarily for leaders? Is it for those in the congregation? Or is it for everybody? And how, does, how do we make this big, gigantic, seemingly a big, gigantic step? Yeah, it, it's, it's for worship leaders, but also for pastors and, and lay leaders who all, everybody who's responsible or has placed some part in planning and or leading uh, a Sunday services. And you're exactly right, Rick. There's a, there's a hesitancy <clears throat> as I've done if I've as I've done uh, uh, consulting projects with churches in the area of worship. They're willing to pay thousands of dollars to um, you know change the sound system or even hire a new worship leader, but mess with the service. <laughs> <laughs> it's like thou shall not mess with the service. Yeah. But, you know, what I'm advocating here is really not a, a new approach to, to worship. It's not a, a, a particular worship style or a style of music. It's a return to the biblical foundations of worship that are inherently uh, transformative. And so many of the things, many of the practices that are part of transforming worship are things we're already doing. But what I'm trying to do in the book is to give practical ideas and suggestions as to how to approach those um, so so as to be more uh, uh, inherently formative. Rory, uh, the the book doesn't come out till July 20th, which is coming up soon, sooner than we think. But uh, what, what have folks said so far who have had the chance to read it already? Uh, I've gotten good feedback, and especially from uh, from people who, especially from the next generation, from some of the the young leaders that I'm mentoring these days, because I think uh, they're even more hungry uh, for something that is is substantive, and uh, they're tired of the the Seven Eleven songs, Dan, like like right. you're referring to. They their big buzzword is authenticity, and this is where this is heading is toward a more authentic. The approach, I think, to worship, to church. Uh, it's a more holistic experience. And it's not just touchy-feely. It goes deep into my soul. And it, it, it eventually, you know, over time changes my life. Yeah. Rory Nolan, uh, the book is called Transforming Worship, Planning and Leading Sunday Services. I think you're extremely brave, Rory. I think you uh, not only uh, uh, practicing that, of course, uh, but uh, putting it out there the right Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, you're 100 uh, percent on this thing. I think the 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 younger here's an old guy speaking the, I think the younger uh, worship leaders are hungry for something that is uh, that has depth to it. Yep. And that depth is connection and communion and discipleship, which I love uh, yep. you throwing that in there. Great book. When do, it is coming out, what'd you say? July the 20th, I think, Dan. Didn't you say, what do you want? Uh, I, there's many things to, to take away from this book, Rory. What's what's one thing you think the most important? Well, um, 
my two big passions in life are, are worship and spiritual formation. So uh, two questions that were just driving me as I was writing this book are, what would it look like to conceive of gathered worship as if spiritual formation mattered? And how would that affect the way we plan and lead worship services? So I would say if you're intrigued at all by those questions as much as I am, then you, you're, you're going to want to pick up this book. Rory Nolan, great book, Transforming Worship, Planning and Leading Sunday Services. You can go to heartoftheartist.org, a uh, place to go there. And uh, he is the author of five books. That's, he has some really good stuff there you can check out. Rory, I'd love uh, to have you back in a few months and just kind of let's, uh, let's talk about uh, the response after folks have purchased it, read it, and maybe tried to implement it uh, just to see how that's going. Yeah. So uh, we appreciate you, your passion and your bravery and uh, blessings on this book. We got to take a break. We'll be right back. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. This is Faith Talk Live. 